Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Armed and Generous podcast. I'm your host, Luke Opliger. In this episode, we'll hear from Chris Shorgen. He's a fashion model who's also a philanthropist. I met Chris at a photo shoot and was just completely blown away by him. This guy has all the success and status of a model and actor, but that wasn't enough to just be successful. He seeks after significance as well. You know, Chris has a heart for others and he's taken steps to take a stand for those in need. He's truly living the armed and generous life. He mentioned to me that the solutions to make a positive impact in the world are already out there. You just have to connect the dots. And he certainly connected a few dots for me during our conversation, and I think he will for you too. You know, another male model, Derek Zoolander, also had a bit of a vision to help others in his center for kids who can't read good. But that's nothing compared to the clean water charity Chris founded called 100 for All. Plus, 100 for All is people-sized. It's not just a center for ants. You know, Chris gets real in our conversation and he is vulnerable and he shares about his experience on a trip to Cambodia that changed his life. Buckle up, it's a doozy. But it's also what really sparked this 100 for all concept for him. He also talks about ways he leveraged his community and career for charity and practical ways in which he went from just an idea to really developing a thriving nonprofit. So let's dive in. Let's see how Chris can help us become armed and generous. Well, you know, Chris is not only a fashion model, he's also a philanthropist. And you had mentioned 100 for All, uh, which is the name of your charity. Can you just give us a sense of, of what 100 for All is and what your guys' mission is? 100%, yeah. Uh, we believe um, that everyone deserves opportunity you know and, and that starts with clean water for us we really learned um that through clean water opportunity comes educational opportunity uh and then from there hopefully you can further and and better your life uh economically and lift your family um you know hopefully out of poverty or into a better situation so yeah hundred for all we believe that clean water will give people this access so we do our best to implement sustainable solutions in homes and in schools primarily that's awesome. You know, I, I think too, you know, I, I work a bit with the water charity and, and working with you on uh, some fundraising for 100 for All has just been really, really awesome. And I, I imagine too, as, as, as people think about starting a charity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's kind of, to me, there's, there's two parts to that. One is what, what sparked that in you? You know, not, not many people wake up, you know, on a Thursday morning and think like, I'm gonna start a charity. You know, oh, yeah. there's, there, there's usually some, something that happens. So can you, can you give us a sense, was, what was the spark? What was the, the impetus for this that, that sent you on this journey of starting a nonprofit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I will say like the, there's two sparks for me and uh, they didn't happen, you know, it didn't happen overnight. I think you slowly kind of piece together um, perhaps your, your passion, um, you know, what motivates you and then, what resources and, and pieces you might have to execute um, that. So the first part was, uh, you know, being in the fashion industry and, and that is just not knowing anything, being, being as green as one could be. <laughs> um, and, you know, you kind of started going to events and, you know, you're rubbing elbows with people that you might see on TV and stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw at a, at a club in Miami, 
we saw someone spent over a hundred thousand dollars at a table so that was the first uh, spark of just learning that this type of spending happens. Um, mm. I had no idea that people dropped that much money on a table service mm. at a club. Um, so that really, that really made an impact on me as mm. far as I've, I viewed it as wasting money. That, that was just me. You know, I was like 22, 23. And I know the first thing I thought was like, I would pay off my student loans. <laughs> I would help my mom with her mortgage. You know, right. like that. Like, more, uh, more practical things. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're definitely I'm in a different uh, demographic, but that's where my, my mindset went first, right? We used to say, and this is back in college, but, you know, people would want to buy expensive beer. And it's like, well, you're, you're just going to pee it out. Like, there's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, there's really no purpose to it. And so to hear, it's kind of shocking to hear, and we know what happens. Like, people spend, exorbitant amounts of money on frivolous things all the time mm -hmm. but, but to hear a six-figure number with with a one evening of beverages yeah is, is probably pretty shocking uh, yeah totally man i think unless you unless you've been in a big city in that environment with that demographic you really only see it in the movies and i don't think it does it justice for you know most of us that aren't in that demographic but uh yeah we we didn't even drink that alcohol actually wow. to it out comment it's uh it's really a status move wow they the sparklers and the girls and everyone to look at that table hmm. um, you know and then that's and, that, and i think that's a point too um that helped conceptualize 100 for all because i saw that and i think that was in my mind and then the second spark happens um in cambodia um i'm shooting uh this is so coincidental i'm shooting a water bottle commercial so <laughs> water um and it's in thailand so we're shooting that and then thailand borders cambodia so you know while you travel across the world for a little job you should you should see some sights uh so i took the bus over to cambodia and then that's where i witnessed um you know just some terrible terrible poverty um mm -hmm. and people mm -hmm. families doing whatever it took to make mm, i don't want to say make make it happen like just to survive actually just just for food yeah. water and really loosely shelter um and i think that that really disturbed me um honestly um for a few days and i, I don't want to say it ruined my cambodia trip but like sure. it, it, opened my, it opened my eyes I, I didn't have a yeah i didn't have a fun time <laughs> well it's interesting like um my wife and I have gone to like all inclusive resorts, you know, th things like that. And, and on your way to the resort, you see how people are living. And this, this was in uh, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And you, once you get to the resort, you're kind of like, Oh, cool. I'm here. And you kind of uh, forget about it. What I think is a, encouraging about your experience is that you stepped out of that comfort zone. You know, you were willing to discover, you know, kind of look at, uh, the, the local folks and kind of see what was really going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to ask you too, you know, you mentioned people were, were willing to do whatever it takes and you kind of saw, was there, was there any moment or vivid memory you have um, of, of someone? Did you, did you interact with anyone or, or see anything there? Yeah. It's, it's sad to say it. Uh, it's, as you can tell, tough to just kind of say it cause it's such yeah. a, a sad thing, but um. Yeah, there was a, what I didn't know was a family uh, at the time was when, when you first cross the border, there's 
a lot of, uh, you know, they're selling you drinks and chips and, yes. you know, taxis, you know, the kind of the yes. hustling, hustling of that stuff, um, you know, Western money or, you know, foreign currencies coming through and that's how they make a living. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what I thought was just a, you know, a, a guy, sadly, human trafficking, I guess mm-hmm. is the term, you know, he's like yeah. offering the sale of, of females from, from ages mm-hmm. that are, there's no right age, but too young, like just super young mm-hmm. to, you know, um, what could be my mom, you know, someone in yeah. the fifties, um, that really, really angered me, which is probably the wrong feeling at the time, but you know, this is 10 years ago. I'm new, I'm new to these feelings. I've never witnessed something. Um, sure. So yeah, I was pretty angry. Uh, I made I made friends with uh, you know someone on the bus who sat next to me, this British guy, um, who was you know older and, and more well traveled. So thankfully, I took his advice because you know I was trying to you know I was young. I was trying to do stupid things. I was trying to like I was like, do we buy them and then take them to like the precinct and help them? Do we punch this guy in the face? Sorry to say, I don't really <laughs> like that. But you know, it seemed like one of those situations. Um, sure. And th- I mean, thankfully for this British guy, I wish I knew his name. He you know he. Mm very much convinced me that you don't want to be in prison in Cambodia. Yeah, is, that's probably uh, a bad idea. Yeah, probably. Prison, prison prison is bad. Ca- Cambodian prison I feel like is not <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I would have fared well, Luke. <laughs> you don't you don't probably get your one call. You know, there's probably not a Oh man. <laughs> call yeah. your lawyer. What are my rights here? Yeah, that was a smart move. But Yeah, so thank shout out to this guy wherever he yeah. is in the world. I hope he remembers <laughs> remembers oh my um, but yeah, so that, that stuck with me. And uh, what, what I didn't know was that it wasn't a guy and strangers, because uh, later that night, I saw them all together. Mm. And it was actually a father and his daughter's mm. and wife that he was selling. And when I saw them in the evening, wow. just the body language was different. Like before he was, you know, he's shouting, um, you know, and trying to um, solicit right okay. business. Um, but then at night, they were like, you know, like metal shrapnel, that's kind yeah, of bent. Yeah. You make, you know, houses out of it or shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, they were huddled around, like squatting. And the body language was just 100% different. It was, it was sure. a family. This guy was now, they had a little fire and they took like, a, like a, a, probably a fence, right? Okay. And then that's over the fire as mm. like a grate kind of thing. And then they had a bowl and that that's when i saw that they had just rice in there i didn't really see the rice but i saw the jug of water that they were pouring in to cook the rice Mm. just you would never drink it like you would never think that that was consumable right but then it occurred to me like that's like they spent all day doing the most you know the, the saddest action one can do to survive in my opinion yeah and and that's that's all they got like that's what it took and it just didn't seem right like i just think if humans if we think we're that smart and we have you know i got an app for everything on my phone mm-hmm. we should have been able to like close the gap on the the basic necessities of life is, is my feelings yeah totally no i appreciate you sharing that you know i recognize that's a tough story to relive and some sensitive things to share but i think it's important you know it's yeah. it, it definitely shows the um, to your point, the, the, the lengths at which people are forced to go to just to have basic needs, just to have those critical um, comforts that they need, whether it's food or, or water. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I talk to me more about that. So you, you, you notice the water, 
Um, and then talk to me about the kind of the next steps from, hey, I see this need. Uh, I've experienced this expensive bottle service. You know, it sounds like pretty, pretty, pretty close to, you know, a few days or a few weeks beforehand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, those those two situations, yeah, happened uh, seventy two hours. I'd say. Wow. So, so what? What? Yeah. What a juxtaposition, right? To move from hundred thousand dollars in adult beverages that weren't even consumed to someone who can barely get a bowl of rice and they're literally selling their family for it. Like that is, that, that's pretty intense. It's very, yeah, the contrast is insane. And then also like, that was just one table and one club in one <laughs> night. Right. I'm just two sets of eyes. Like right. imagine, you know, so that was the first thing I noticed. Like, wow, it's a lot of money out there. Wow. So, so talk me through the next step though. And, in, in you know, as you, and we can press the fast forward button a bit, but as, as you start to form a hundred for all, um, maybe share with us a bit about the, the, uh, the mechanism, the idea, the, the kind of the hook to hundred for all, uh, and, and, and how it relates to the bottle service and, and nightlife in general. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think we, took the idea of uh, nightlife and bottle service that we witnessed and we believed that the thing that was out of place next to the, you know, the Dom Perignon or, you know, whatever, whatever bottle you have there, Ace of Spades, is at best a bottle of Voss or Fiji yep. water, yep. Um, which obviously they're making a lot of money off that too. But I wouldn't say that that pairs so great next to these um, champagnes in my opinion opinion because yeah. you can find the Fiji and the Voss at your corner store, right? That's right. Um, so then we looked into luxury water and we realized that um, it, it was a market that didn't really exist yet. I think, uh, I think uh, we got lucky on that. Um, so we, we registered the trademark for luxury water. So we uh, can kind of define the market as we'd like since we are the only luxury water product in mm. the USA. Mm. So that's when we created a, it looks like champagne. It's a little bit smaller. Um, it's 375 milliliters and uh, it's, it's water. It's luxury water. We sell luxury water and each bottle provides 25 years of clean water. Mm. And our goal was like, what if every night instead of these plastic bottles of water that are getting marked up and aren't really helping anybody, what if each table each night, just pushed over a little bit of money towards clean water. And then, you know, we could make a huge, huge impact. We were thinking just through this one, um, one angle, which I think, you know, it's, it's unique. It's it hasn't been done. So I get the concept is maybe, a maybe a little bit outlandish to some, but, uh, sure. it's, it's been working. Um, we're not the biggest company in the world, obviously, but people are getting help. And I think that's, that's the point to me. That's awesome. Now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go back to something you said for a minute. You talked about the impact. You know, if if every bottle equals 25 years of of water, and before you started to multiply out those tables, mm -hmm. you know, and and it's 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 pretty exciting to think, you know, for every bottle that's sold, the 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 impact that's made is is a long term one. Yes. Right? It, it's not just one. You know, one day or one week i mean you're talking a quarter of someone's life mm -hmm. you know that could be impacted just by one bottle yeah it's that i mean that's that's the point also though right like it's not that hard we're not 
curing mm. a disease that's fresh in the world and takes lots of R&D. Like, no, we just built the, the solutions are out there. You know, I'm just someone trying to connect the dots. That's great. Now, it's, I'm going to hang on water for a second. So, we, you know, yeah. we, you talk about water and you mentioned, you know, it's, it's curable. There are, there are so many things it feels like in our world whether it's, you know, climate change or whether it's uh, cancer or, you know, some other thing that starts with C apparently. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's this idea that there, there are these puzzles that we're trying to solve and we can't really figure out how to do it. And it's, it's complicated and there's, you know, bureaucracy and it's like, how, how, how do we really get to the heart of this? When it comes to water, it, it seems like that the the solutions are there it's just a matter of of implementing them and getting funding and what's 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 your sense for for how we can fill the gap better because obviously there still is a water clean water crisis yeah um what's your sense for that gap and how it can be filled well that's a good question luke actually um i'd say it's it's definitely not going to be one answer um the water the water situation is very unique, um, depending where you are geographically. Um, and in first world countries, it, in my experience, being much more complicated than working in second or third world countries. Okay. I think the problems in like second or third world countries, and, and even here in the States, honestly, when you get to like Texas and some of those bordering Mexican uh, mm -hmm. states, there's just some communities uh, that are a little bit more remote um, and sadly get forgotten about um, from the government, right? So then there's not um, what, whatever the piping or well or some safe government um, provided water source. And it's not a big population in the States or like first world countries, but when you get to these, you know, second and third world countries, unless you live in the capital, you're just kind of on your own. Um, and then it's kind of up to private sector nonprofits, um, you know, religious organizations to, to help out, which it really shouldn't be that way, but sure. it's kind of it's how it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I guess governments need to just allocate more clean water infrastructure, mm -hmm. but I think that sentence is easier said than done. Um, I think these yeah. countries obviously have uh, other, other, I guess, pillars to kind of focus on. But wow, when I, I couldn't even say that sentence, because if you don't have water, what do you have, Luke? <laughs> right, right. And I know, I mean, obviously not trying to put you on the spot. I, I think that there's, my, my sense from what you're saying and, and my understanding of it too, is it is partnering with the non-government organizations, you know, the NGOs of the world, the nonprofits. And you mentioned religious organizations, whether it's churches or, or other groups that, that have a heart for this. Uh, there are a lot of opportunities to get involved, yes. uh, which, which is exciting. Very exciting, yeah. So you, you had mentioned this earlier, too, about, about water and about um, the potential of people and, and thinking about their potential. And I know the, you know researching 100 for All and just the water crisis in general, it's, it's been said that water is, is a women's issue. Mm -hmm. And and I, I want to hear a little bit more about that from your perspective. What what makes it uh, uniquely a, a women's issue? Yeah, this was big big news to me when I uh, dove into the the water game, as we'll call it. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that it was so discriminatory. Uh, sadly, mm. um, but yeah, women get hit the hardest, man. Um, so basically, in most 
most communities, um, women are what's called like the, uh, the well watcher or the water warriors of the community. Um, they're, they're such caretakers, um, maybe instinctually or just by nature. Yeah. And because of this, they selflessly, you know, make sure that the, the working husband gets first drinking water, that the children get the water, the hygiene for them, they get to bathe. And then they go last, you know, so those, so those moms, you know, are, are selflessly, you know, providing in that sense. And then on the communities that need to seek out water and fetch water, sadly, girls get sent in the family if there is a girl. So now that the sons are in school and the daughters are fetching water, well, you just missed out on education which, as we know, is going to, you know, help you with economic opportunity mm-hmm. so that keeps you that keeps you stagnant, um, sadly. So, mm. yeah, things like that. I mean, I learned that every day, 200 million hours are spent collectively from women around the world getting water. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. That's, that's just crazy. It's wild, man. It's, it's interesting because I've, I've heard similar things, and I appreciate you sharing that. I think, you know, having, having three daughters myself, you know, I, I, it's, and they're getting to an age where if we were in – you know, sub-Saharan Africa or Haiti or, you know, had, had the obligers, you know, somehow in some like freaky Friday sort of way, like had this other life somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, I I imagine that, you know, my 13 year old would be dropping out of school and she's, I don't know if, I don't know if, if, um, smarts, uh, skip a generation. I (laughs) I think she's got like my dad, like my dad has his doctorate you know, like has like a library of books and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I read the cliff notes, um, you know, but she, she wants to be a, a pediatric neurosurgeon. Wow. And I'm like, I hope you like going to school. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a lot of school, but um, you know, to hear about their dreams of the future, um, I think it'd be heartbreaking to, 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 to know, okay, you know what, you just have to not pursue anything. Um, not have any upward mobility or any thought of a career or what you do for your life uh, is, is, is a really, really sad thought. Uh, and to, to know millions of people are dealing with that per day uh, and for their life, it's, it definitely, definitely stirs something inside you to say like, what, what more can we do? hundred percent. Yeah. And I, and I want to build off that because uh, you know how, Within within some degree, you know, you and I live in the same country. We're all, you know, we're we're in a developed country. We mm-hmm. kind of think the same to some degree, right? Obviously, sure. not exactly, but there's a big difference on our mindset. And then if you're in a different type of society, obviously. And on your note about your daughter, something you know, you try to prepare the best you can when you go on these trips. You try to mm-hmm. ask the right questions and learn what to do what not to do how to dress how not to dress you know what customs you don't want to be offensive etc i was in the yucatan and a normal question that you would ask a child the youth in the states for for me i'd say is what do you want to be when you grow up which is kind of what you were speaking on yeah and so we just get done dropping off you know laptops with um you know english programs on them and math programs and some books and the school now has water and every house has water so we're feeling good and we're playing with the kids and i ask arturo 
one of the kids there, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says nothing and he has a blank look on his face. So mm. I asked the interpreter, I was like, did you ask? Did he under did he not understand like what's happening? Right. Now there's a silence. Did you do your job? Should I Yeah, you? yeah. You know, like there's a there there is that gap with an interpreter, but this sure. this is an awkward pause. Um and the interpreter also had this realization the same moment I did that this kid has never once thought about what his life could be because mm. making it out has ne it's not an like it's never happened. Wow. And it's, al it's almost like there's no context. There's no grid. There's no ability for his brain to even say, yeah, I've, I've thought about this before. I know it's, 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 it's humbling. It, it shows me how privileged and mm. lucky I was even at a young age to think I was going to be a Ninja Turtle or a astronaut, <laughs> you know, like, geez, how privileged. Uh, you really failed, man. If your goal is to be a Ninja Turtle, <laughs> you don't live in a sewer. I, you probably don't eat pizza every meal. No. Damn. Yeah, you're way off, man. Yeah, I'm behind schedule on that one. <laughs> that's, that's for a different podcast. We'll talk about setting goals. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's interesting, you know, the, there's this phrase about giving your, your time, talent, and treasure. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's this, old, this old phrase. I mean, it's, it's thousands of years old. And it's, it's really, I've tried to put a new like marketing spin on it, calling it Triple T. Yeah. I, I can't decide if I like or not. I'm, I might just put it on a t-shirt and see if it goes. But the, the idea, again, is, you know, you're giving your time, talent, and treasure uh, to those in need. Mm -hmm. And I, I had this growing up, you know, my, my parents were missionaries, and then they've transitioned to full-time uh, Christian work. And my dad's a pastor now. My mom works for a nonprofit, a faith-based nonprofit. And I used to think you had to either go into full-time nonprofit mm -hmm. or full-time ministry in their, in their case. Or you had to go into full-time, you know, for-profit and just love money and capitalism and, you know, <laughs> profits over people and all that stuff. And it's like, I, as I, as I, in my twenties and, and, and now in my thirties, I've been able to see like, there are still ways to give your time, talent and treasure. And I'm, I'm curious growing up, like I, I had a very kind of unique, um, childhood and parents had a very unique career mm -hmm. were, were there folks that you knew growing up or did you or even throughout your young adulthood did you see examples of of people living triple t i think uh i think there's not like a, a saint like kind of figure like a one definitive role model per sure. se that like i saw and had a moment with um, but I'd like to think we all kind of do this at like just different capacities, right? Uh, you know, hopefully we all do the best we can. Yeah. Um, but I think something I realized at a young age, or uh, not at a young age, after I got older and left my parents' house, is how I guess what I thought was maybe normal motherly behavior was actually crazy, crazy compassionate and oh. amazingly um, charitable. And so we don't. I come from pretty humble beginnings. We didn't sure. have much. We don't have like an extra bedroom, but I didn't realize my sister had a friend who, you know, kind of had a household that wasn't, um, wasn't that safe. And so mm. she, she lived with us for a little bit. And then I also had a friend whose household wasn't, you know, that, mm. that great. 
he lived with me for a bit and like you know i we set up the the camping pad and the sleeping yeah. bag next to yeah. my floor and i think in high school you think like i'm just gonna have a long sleep over my <laughs> friend play video games before i played fight night and fifa nice. and really think it and then i think in college or a little after i realized wow like you know, my mom is paying more on the electricity and the sure. water. Yeah, food. Yeah. Yeah, and the lights on. All, and, and maybe, you know, maybe super small things to some people. But, like, you know, for us, that was uh, the, these little mm. things. Like That's great. I mean, there's some houses, I don't know, like, you, you don't touch the, the thermostat in some households. And my mom <laughs> is one of those households where you don't, you don't touch that. You don't move it one, one degree she, up. Did she actually have tape on it? Did she write? You know, oh, kind of, like, man. Make it so you couldn't move it? That was a time period. Yes, that was a time period. Oh, I, think, I think she just wrote, do not touch on it right. at one point. <laughs> I swear it said that. Because <laughs> I remember when I was younger, like you're about to take a shower and you like move it a little bit yes. before the shower. <laughs> yes, the alarm goes off. Move it back before she notices Don't it. Don't you dare, Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I think I just gained some appreciation from my mom and just do do what's in your means. Yeah, like don't don't kill yourself over it don't don't yeah. don't put the mask on someone else before yourself right but uh oh yeah love that but yeah i think it was my mom for me no thanks for sharing that i think it's a great example of giving generously with what you have um i, I mean i i can't think of anything more selfless than to say hey you'll come into my house and i'll take care of you yeah. um which is so cool i think part part of why i asked that question too is and i i love your answer because it's not always these big overtures or acts or starting a nonprofit. You know, I, you might, if you're listening to this, you might think like, geez, like I've never traveled to Cambodia. I don't know how to start a nonprofit. You know, I'm not, I'm, that's not really me, but it's to hear an example of someone just giving their time and their space of their energy mm -hmm. um, is, is pretty awesome. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. I want to add one more thing too. Yeah, please. Like, like you said about our, you know, who's listening, thinking maybe like, you know, I, I don't have that in my means. A friend, uh, you know, we talk about helping. We all help in different ways, and there's there's no helping more or less. You know, it's it's just helping. But he shared with me how he was reading this book. I wish I knew the name. Um, and if you just open the door for someone, you know, exiting a, a convenience store, <laughs> whatever. If you did that every day, just open the door once, you helped 365 people. And wow. it's a small gesture, and it seems yeah. like nothing, but it's just small gestures that help make the world a better place. You know what I mean? No, I love that. I love that. And we can all, we all know what it feels like for someone to hold the door for us. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, there's, just, there's just even a momentary feeling of like, okay, this stranger, this random person, he took a, a, a second to say, you know what, you first, you know what, I'm going to be a servant to you. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I've heard someone say before that, that love is a race to the back of the line. And Ooh, I like that. yeah, yeah. I wish I could say it was mine, um, <laughs> but we definitely say it a lot in the Opliger house to our, to our girls. Cause oh, I nice. think, you know, human nature is, you know, my wife comes home and she's like, guys, I got, you know, cookies or I got whatever. And it's like, a stampede to the kitchen right mm -hmm. and it's like you want to say like me first um it, and it's it's not their fault i blame the parents but you know they <laughs> kids 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 naturally humans naturally say like oh i'm gonna kind of just swag my way to the front like i want to yeah. be every i mean 
doesn't matter if it's a concert, an airplane, like a, a line. It doesn't matter. Like front is always better, right? For whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, but but to to flip the dynamic and say if you're truly loving others, love is love is that you're racing to the back of the line, saying, you know what, you go first, you go first. Uh, so that's that's great, man. I love that. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that with me. Yeah, please do. Make give me the credit since I don't remember where I heard it. <laughs> I will dash. <laughs> I'll go trademark it. Um, so, so let's go back to 100 for All. And, you know, you've, you've had this experience in Cambodia. You've figured out, you know, kind of the, the product. Um, talk to me about the early days of, of 100 for All, like what it was like. Because I, I, I know, too, like just setting up um, businesses and doing anything with the government. There's paperwork and certain things you have to do. What, did, did it feel like, okay, this is all clicking together or were there times where you're like, what am I doing? Like, talk to me about what it was like early on. It felt like right away that most of the parts of doing this are going to be not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. A lot of adulting happening. Yeah. Um, but no, I was, I was open to it. Um, I think you get pretty, I think you get pretty self-motivated and you're excited in the beginning of entrepreneurship, right? Or any project, sure. you, you can run on that for a while. Um, and, but that, that gas will run out um, and you gotta have some stability. But yeah, I think lots of, lots of Googling. Uh, it sounds like a very <laughs> simple yeah. answer, but if you are not, if you don't have your MBA, if you don't know about nonprofits, um, mm. if you're maybe not well-versed in legal verbiage, I think a lot of reading is in your future for a nonprofit, or if you can just pay for a nice nonprofit lawyer that you, uh, that you connect with and go that route. Um, there you go. Press pretty pricey in New York, but. but. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah and, that, and that's, and that's the other, I mean, I'm sure they get asked all the time, but a, a nonprofit lawyer, imagine if they're using their triple T sometimes and saying, Hey, you know what? I'll do this for free or for a, yeah. you know, for a discounted. And that does exist here. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in other cities too, but in New York, well, we found some great resources, mm. uh, yeah, like le legal advisory boards that, you know, pro bono help out some nonprofits and stuff. So yeah, lots of Googling, lots of R&D. Um, and then getting your nonprofit status uh, is quite the process, legally speaking. Mm. But, um, but yeah, all part of the process, man. I think, uh, I think if you, I, if you're willing to just do the boring stuff, then it kind of shows that you're in it, I'd say. So I guess I did the work, Luke. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's funny. Like, you, we see all these, like, success stories, you know, of, of people. And, you know, there's, there, there's behind all, any success is someone at a computer or someone in an office or on the phone or just doing the gr kind of grueling you know, day-to-day -day work of, of just getting something stood up and, and then maintaining it yeah. too. And if, to your point, I love that, man. Like if you're willing to do the kind of boring, tough work uh, of it, then it starts to become something. Mm -hmm. It's it's sad to say, but I do tell people this because I do get a good amount of, uh, you know, messages on mm. you know, whether it's email or social media and people think they they want this because mm -hmm. obviously on social media you see the highlight you might see the hundred for all event you know right but you know that right before that photo i was running down in the basement and getting ice for the bartenders <laughs> or you know something yeah. that you know but um 
it's sad to say I tell people you don't want this. Right. I really respond that way because I don't think people understand that it's really a lot of coffee and a lot of sitting down on a laptop and it's not glamorous at all. It's That's bad right. for your back. <laughs> right. I know. Right. Yeah. What, what a cage we built with these computers, man. Oh, um, yeah. I love that. Um, I was going to ask you too, you know, as, as I think about um, your career, you know, you're, you're a model, you're an actor. Um, I think what's really cool is that you've been able to create incremental impact through your nonprofit work. And I'm, I'm curious to, to, to hear a bit how your two worlds play off each other, you know, your, your craft and then your charity. How, mm -hmm. are, how do those kind of intersect and play off each other um, throughout your journey? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess I, there are overlaps with the, that we saw in the beginning with the fashion and the, the acting world, you know, just, just content creating. So mm. I think when you're doing, you know, you're creating a project or entrepreneurship, you got to look at what's, what pieces do you have of the puzzle? Um, so I think some good pieces that helped us is, you know, we have some friends that are amazing photographers. Um, we might have some friends that are connected in the nightlife scene that could, you know, help us out with placing our bottles uh, at different events, et cetera. So that, there was definitely a lot of overlap. And then also I'll say, you know, credit to the, credit to the industry. I'd say a lot, of, a lot of the individuals I meet in the industry, and doesn't matter if you're on the client side, the, at, the agency side, um, my side of the camera, the other side of the camera, I think we all realize how much impact our industries have. Mm. And I think everyone has a, an open eye and an open ear to, to a new thing that could help people. I think, I mean, you, you must see it too, of just yeah. the amount of companies that are, you know, have a give back component or something along that side. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've just been blabbing about my company on set every day. Luke is basically the just, <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, there's so much in, in production in general, there's so much downtime. You yeah. know, I, I say it's kind of like doubles tennis. Like you're, you basically stand there the whole time until a ball flies at your face <laughs> and you better, you better be on, you know, once it, when they're like, Hey Chris, it's, you know, you're up you know, then, then you flip the switch, yeah. but it's, it's, it's hours and hours of, you know, getting the lighting right and getting, you know, the location and props and, you know, so it's, you're right. There's, I don't know if it's even networking because you're, you're, you're literally co-creating something with mm -hmm. people, your coworkers at that point. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're, you're a temporary coworker, uh, which is pretty unique. Uh, yes, so I'm also, sure you're, you know, that, you have a pretty good odds that the person you're chatting with does something outside of this. Yeah. Like you are right now, yes. right? This is how we got here. Yes. And if you've been in this business for even a year, you would know it's in your best interest to just talk to this individual and find out how interesting they may be. And, and just at, at the minimum, you're going to have a great conversation at work. At That's a right. At a maximum, you might have a friend for the rest of your life, which... That's right. Why would you pass that up? <laughs> is, is that where we're trending? Are we trending to best friend status, Chris? I think we're in that, we're in that way. If the, next, if the next session's about my Ninja Turtle dreams... It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I know you play volleyball, too. Well, my daughters play. We'll have, to, we'll have to have you at the house. and They play club? Yeah, they... my, my oldest plays club. And um, she, so she, you have, you have she, no play, she plays and I pay. 
And so oh, that's, oh, that's our had, agreement. <laughs> you, hey, you gave up your weekends, your Father's Day, your Mother's Day. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll we'll see. We're just at that stage where she's traveling to, you know, the Chicago's St. Louis level. Oh, I'd love to chat about that uh, off this. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to pick your brain there. For sure. Um, so I wanted to ask you, too, speaking of family, speaking yeah. of, of um, other people in our life, talk to me a bit about your support system you know, what, what, what that looks like. And cause I know there's, there's no lone wolves, you know, there's no, I think, you know, we, we see and sometimes celebrate people, you know, like a Steve jobs or someone you're like, wow, like they did it all themselves. It's like, no, there's, there's a whole support system there. Yeah. So what, what does yours look like and how does it activate you? Oh man, super, super thankful for my support system. Um, I definitely do not do hundred for all or, even my professional life by myself. Um, mm. it's, it's all amazing people that selflessly give what they can and support me whenever they can. Um, the two, the two co-partners in 100 for All, um, one of them was, uh, we were the same agency in Miami. We probably met, I mean, wow, I've known Steve now for over a decade. Um, so we met in Miami, wow. we were with Next Models. And we've stayed in touch ever since. He's uh, quick about him, just amazing story this guy is. He uh, had a terrible mountain biking accident and and died. Mm. His brain, just everything shut off, was in, a, was in the bed, couldn't talk, couldn't walk. My guy, Steve, you can find him. You can find him on our 100 for All website, lifting up bio sand filters now, no. up mountains. He is 100%. Um, and you know, this experience for him has created, you know, a, a very, if you get a second chance at life, you hear these stories. I don't know personally, but these people sure. are, are driven. Um, so he's wow. an amazing support to my life. Um, and then he introduced me to his great friend, Paul, and the three of us are 100 for all. And yeah, those guys, you know, just, they just give, they give what they can when they can, no mm. questions asked. Um, and yeah, I'm really thankful for everyone. I mean, 100 for All, I guess you could just say, and I'm happy to say it, it's just, it's just showing how many amazing people I've met in, in volleyball, in fashion, in mm -hmm. acting, and just regular friends that come to all my events and donate every time, and mm -hmm. I don't have to text them. It's just all of that. So I guess I'm just trying to give back to the world and, and give, give thanks for how how nice and every, everyone's been to me and how supportive everyone's been to me, you know? That's awesome. Now it sounds like the, the, the through line that I'm hearing is that these, these folks are dependable Yes. and that, you know, you, when, when you need to lean on someone or lean against them, there's, what was that? What was, what's that physics, you know, uh, term, it's like an equal and opposite force, right? Like we need, uh, yeah. you know, we, we need someone that kind of hurt my brain to go back to high school. Physics, You're exactly right. There was people in opposite force. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I probably failed that class, but I did remember that. Um, and then I think about it too. There's an old saying that that iron sharpens iron. Yeah, and there's oh, Steve actually always says that. Yeah, and it's and it's huge. So it's I, I love I love um, the way you describe your support system because there are you know these these equally strong you know equally excited people who can push you um challenge you but then also support you mm -hmm. which i think is huge i'm very thankful yeah so so with that in mind I mean, you've, you've got this great group of people around you you've got some momentum with the nonprofit. 
um, you know, your career and craft is, is accelerating. What, talk to me about the next, you know, this is like the classic interview question, right? Like, where do you, where do you see yourself in five years? But as you, it doesn't have to be five, as, as, you, as, you, as you peer over the edge of the future of 100 for All and, and kind of your journey, what, what do you see as the next kind of iteration and next steps? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that answer probably has changed for me pre COVID to right now, um, as, as it should. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, for 100 for all, I would really, we have a, an education program where I connect schools here in the States to schools abroad and they do video correspondence. Cool. Um, I would really love to see that, um, just grow. Um, we're in a couple schools right now. I just love the concept of students here learning that students there aren't much different from you and, and getting that lesson taught at a young age. I think that'll really um, spark some great ideas from the youth, you know. So I really would love that program to take off and lean on that program. Um, and then also we are uh, very excitingly, we're working on, I can't say too much about it, but a, a lasting relationship with a chain of hotels. Mm. Um, so that could be, um, and that will be an amazing way to share just wow. some clean water awareness um, and further our impact. So that's, uh, that's what we're working on now for the next couple years and fingers crossed, we'll get it done. That's awesome. Now, I mean, what's, what's, what I'm hearing is that you've got you know, you've pivoted because of COVID, which I think we all have in, in different ways. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you have measures and, and steps in place to scale and kind of re, retooling your approach. Because uh, I imagine doing event-based, you know, marketing yeah. is tough when there's no event. Yeah. <laughs> the virtual events are not my forte. But yeah. And I think too, it's, it's, you know, not your fault, obviously. It's just hard to, it's hard to make the connection you know, have that emotional experience when you're, when you're on a screen. Yeah. Um, so that's great, man. I think that's exciting. No, I appreciate it. Really exciting. So I know Chris, we've, we've talked about a couple of different terms, you know, like moving from success to significance, you know, and thinking through um, triple T living and you, you really exemplify a lot of those. The other, the other term that, that I, I use is as a double bottom line life. And, and what I mean by that is, um, I think there can be starving artists, there can be starving um, nonprofit people who feel like, gosh, I'm, I'm just kind of wasting my talents and abilities, um, working somewhere and not really using my full, full gifts and abilities. Mm -hmm. But I think that you've, you've done a great job of, of really living that double bottom line life. Um, and, and to me, it's, it's not just about um, the success, but also about significance, like we mentioned. Thank you. And, and so I just would love to hear, like, imagine, imagine we're sitting down for coffee Yeah. and you're, let's say that COVID isn't happening. So we're actually at a coffee shop <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm someone who's interested in, in starting their journey and trying to figure out how do I live this double bottom line life? Mm -hmm. what, what advice would you give them? Hmm. I'd say like, make sure you're passionate about it for sure. Like if you're in, and as soon as you can answer that question, honestly with yourself, I would just say, stay the course. Um, it's something I've been telling myself through, uh, through COVID. Cause you know, mm -hmm. like, like many businesses, 
I wasn't sure if 100 for all would survive, you know, all the clubs closed, our bottles got pulled, big source of our inflow, you know, events are done. And, you know, there's a little, I was contemplating, I was like, do I shut it down? You know? Um, but I think if you can answer that, that is a passion of yours and, and who you are and who you want to be, then stay the course. I think you'll figure it out. Um, I, I, it's not to say it's going to be easy, but just stay the course. And uh, I think you'll be happy that way. I think you will mm. never wonder what if, right? You don't want to be that Uncle Rico, like, oh, if I could just go back <laughs> to high school football. <laughs> right, I can throw it over these mountains. Yeah, uh, stay the course. That's my advice. No, I love that. And you, you had mentioned uh, passion as well. And uh, just to clarify, I mean, are, when you passion for the, you know, the the nonprofit, of course, but my my sense is that you that 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 day in Cambodia mixed with your your night you know in the club that there was something born in you that that felt almost almost like a a, a ticking time bomb that if if you didn't do something uh you you would kind of explode in yourself right like it would be maybe that's too intense of a analogy but this this feeling huh. of like it, it it charged you to action it's as my yeah. sense yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess you could kind of say like, uh, you know, like we all have our things, like we're kind of OCD about like, if you leave something out and like you see your friend, like leave it out, you're just like, I'm just gonna go put it away myself. Like, why didn't you put away the milk after you pulled your cereal? Right, right. So I guess I was kind of like that. I was like, that there's water here. It's dirty. There's mm. filter options right here. Why aren't you all putting this together and helping these people? okay, I'll just do it myself. I think, I think it was just kind of like one of those instances, you know, where you're just like, somebody, somebody needs to do something about this. <laughs> right, right. And what's, what's cool about it, it's, it's almost a, a marrying of, here's something that, that sparked you. And then you were able to look at your resources, your network, your, your life trajectory and say, how, how can I uniquely solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Right, because you could have said, you know what, I'm going to go stroke a check to uh, existing nonprofit. Yeah, and that's fine, and that's why we talk about triple T. That's using your treasure. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. And that could be the way you know people get involved. So, let, so let me ask you that too. You're kind of in the the spirit of of donations and involvement. How how can listeners get involved in a hundred for all? What's what's the best way to take a next step there? Um, well, firstly, I think just think about your water consumption, uh, firstly, and kind of just think about that. Um, cause I think that's something I've never thought about till I heard or learned about the water crisis. So if you're listening and this is new information to you, I would just think about it for a second. Um, but yeah, if you want to get involved, um, we, we'd love for, you know, anyone listening to check out 100forall.org, um, check out our website, any teachers or anybody in education, uh, we have a, a program that I was detailing earlier that I'd love to love to grow. Um, and then you could join our mailing list on our website and stay, stay up to date on any of our virtual events um, and just updates what we got going on around the world. Um, we are going to be completing our project uh, in the Philippines, thanks to some up west support as well. Um, <laughs> and tentatively, we got set in place uh, the end of April, Earth Day. Um, hopefully my team will be finishing up that school filter that we were working on and uh, I'd love for anyone that found this uh, this talk here with Luke interesting to kind of check it out and see uh, see the students and the impact that we'll be making together. 
That's awesome. No, it's exciting, man. I think, you know, we, we had talked earlier before we started the podcast and we were sharing some photos, you know, of, of kids and clean drinking water. And there is, there, there's, let's say a picture is worth a thousand words. There is, as you start to lean into this and do your own research, it's one thing to think about, okay, there's, there's a lack of clean water. You kind of, there's broad brushstrokes um, that kind of conjure up in your head, but to really start to see what, what these folks are drinking and the fact that I can walk down in my kitchen and press a button on my fridge and get unlimited <clears throat> clean water, you know, is pretty incredible. So I think that's, that, that's what I would encourage listeners to is, is lean into this um, and kind of see, see firsthand, um, you know, what, what's going on there. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about like just writing big checks and stuff. You know, we all, we all make an impact and live and share in this world together. So uh, yeah, just little choices. Maybe you just buy uh, a refillable bottle and you're done with plastic bottles. I mean, that, that's, mm. that's a huge move that someone can make. And you know, that eliminates however many bottles you're going to drink that year. Hopefully. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I saw this thing last night. It was, they're, they're chasing me around the internet. It's this, um, Q-tip. It's a reusable Q-tip. We have it. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you do. <laughs> of course you do. Um, and then it's like they, they start to lay out, you know, these, the average human uses this many per year. And then for every, you know, mile of beach, there are 10 of them and they're yeah. being eaten by fish. And you're like, I'm a monster. Like I've been doing this all wrong, but it, it's a whole paradigm shift. Uh, yeah, totally. I mean, I just learned about I mean, you yeah, once you get into the sustainable anything, you kind of learn yes. about all the stuff, but the toothbrushes, yeah. 400 years for each one to decompose. Wow. I brought a toothbrush to every sleepover when I was a kid <laughs> and lost it and forgot it. Like, so many. Right. You know? <laughs> it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, I think what's exciting, too, if, if it's not water, if, if, it's, if it's about the climate or about, there's, there's a thousand different things that could be placed on your heart mm -hmm. uh, that, that would cause you to act. Um, there's this, I'm still working on it, but I was, I was thinking about be, being armed and generous is about taking a stand. Like mm -hmm. you, you took a stand on water. Someone else might take a stand on, on the climate. Uh, someone else might take a stand with cancer. You know, there's whatever is, is in your sphere and whatever jolts you into action. Mm -hmm. And I, I was trying to create like, a, um, you know, a, a kind of a way to remember stand. And the, the, the thought is like, you actually whatever causes you to, to literally get up and, and, and create action, right? You literally stand up and say, I'm going to do something about this, mm -hmm. uh, which it can be very individual, right? It doesn't have to be this certain cause or this other thing. Oh, totally. It should be individual, I'd say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Chris, you are, you are great to chat with. I think, you know, you're definitely living that armed and generous life. And it's, it's really been great to hear not just your highlights, but some of your lowlights too. And oh, yeah. the, the, peak, the peaks and valleys, I appreciate you being vulnerable with us, taking the time and really just proud of what you're doing, man. Really, really exciting stuff. So best of luck to you and thanks for living armed and generous. Well, it's time for our triple T takeaways. These are three things that exemplify using either time, talent or treasure. You know, Chris talked about his passion, what motivated him, and the resources he had to bring that passion to life. 
He's a model. He's an actor. He lives in New York. He knows about nightlife. So, of course, he created a $100 bottle of water. It's probably something very different than you would create. But what is it that sparks you? What is that passion? What motivates you? And then what resources do you have to bring that to life? The second one, if you're willing to do the boring stuff, it shows that you're in it. You know, Chris had that to share with us, and I thought it was really interesting and it really hit home. How many times have you been working on a project or an idea and it's late nights, it's weekends, you know, you're trying to really create something from scratch. It's hard work. It's hard work to create something, but it's in that boring stuff that you can be a blessing to others. That's really where it becomes unlocked because doing the work is the only way to bring it to life. The third is that his modeling career and his nonprofit work spark off of each other. And I can tell you firsthand, uh, as, as someone that has hired Chris as a model, we hired him because he is a man of character. And we hired him because he cares about more than just modeling. He cares about more than just getting his name out there. You know, he really has a heart for others. And that was important to us as a brand. And it's important to other brands as well. So he's getting more gigs because of his nonprofit. And his nonprofit is growing because of his gigs. And it's, it's all connected. They all spark off each other. You know, if you want to find out more from Chris, go to 100forall.org, 1004all.org, or follow him on Instagram at 100forall. And as always, you can visit armedandgen.com or follow link, on LinkedIn, armed ampersand generous. And remember, doing good leads to growth. So let's get out there and let's be armed and generous.